0: Welcome to the Safari Stories podcast,
1: the podcast where you'll hear nail-biting stories about all sorts of animals and adventures. Each week, you'll get to ride along as our guests share their amazing safari stories with you. Now, let's jump into your safari stories for today with your host, John Lister.
0: And uh, thank you everyone for joining us today. Uh, today, we're lucky enough to have uh, Daresh Pabu, with us. Um, Duresh has uh, three um, social media profiles, uh, one on Instagram, which is Duresh underscore Pabu, which is D-I-R-E-S-S-H underscore Pabu, which is double Um Pabu Brothers Wildlife Videos on YouTube and Facebook.com slash Duresh on Facebook. Uh, Duresh, thank you very much for joining us.
1: Thanks so much, John, for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here.
0: And, um, yeah, it's one of the things that uh, I was really attracted to having a chat to you about is uh, you're posting some very interesting uh, videos and pictures at the moment. So uh, it's obvious that you've had some great experiences in the park. So I wanted to uh, quickly hear about some of those.
1: Yeah, thanks, uh, John. Uh, yeah, maybe I'll just start off with, um, you know, how I actually got into into wildlife. Um, and it all started for me from before I can even remember. Both my parents uh, enjoy the outdoors, and because we stayed in fairly close proximity to the Kruger National Park, uh, being in Middelburg, uh, we would go for frequent day trip visits. Uh, I recall spontaneous conversations on late evenings of a sudden crave to get back to the bush, and uh, before I knew it, we were all up as early as 2 a.m. getting ready to depart. Uh, for me, the excitement of the trip to the park is is always a highlight for me. You know, talking to my family about what animals we would see first, and Wondering if this would be the trip we would finally tick off some of those species, you know, we haven't spotted before. Um, you know, these day trips were great, but for obvious reasons, always were too short. So it was only in later years, um, you know, in our teenage years, uh, that we decided to overnight uh, in, in the park. And that's when the real magic started uh, for us. And that's when the bush really put me. Specifically on my first ever sunset drive uh, out of Satara, I recall uh, the guide that had stopped um, at the Swinney Bridge on the H-13 quite suddenly. And he uh, switched off the vehicle and the lights, and all we could hear was this loud growling and roaring and, and hitting, and and it lasted for you know quite a while, and, and it suddenly stopped. And the guy kept the lights off for a few more minutes, and when he switched it on again, there was this four big male lions walking on the road. They looked beaten up and and bloody, and you know their heads were down, and it looked like they you know caught a proper hiding. And we followed them for a while until we heard roaring down down the road close to where we were initially parked. And when we, we left those four males to drive up, we, we seen two massive males roaring away. And, uh, you know, we were driving alongside them. And that feeling of the roars, those vibrations in your chest was something that, you know, it stayed with me forever. I actually, if I close my eyes, I can actually picture that moment and feel that moment uh, just like it was yesterday. And uh, that was on our first overnight trip to to the park. And, uh, you know, that's when I really, really got you know hooked
0: <laughs> yeah
1: and and do you i uh, get oh, are you lucky enough to spend a bit of time in the park
0: usually or
1: is it something that's pretty few and far between so um you know because i'm i'm, I'm married and we don't have kids yet it you know any opportunity we have to go to the park uh, we'll we'll take it uh, even if it's a long weekend or taking a friday off and going for you know two nights coming back on a sunday but i try and, and tend to go at least four times a year yes. um, you know once once each quarter and, yeah, I've been lucky enough to go for quite a long time, uh, you know, during those periods, so up to seven days uh, at a time. So it's 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 always great to be there. And, you know, you feel like a lot of people say that you go there for so long and, you know, you see the same animals over and over again. But it, it, I guess they just don't understand. It's, it's not about wanting to see everything. It's just you'll never ever say it, see the same situation uh you know twice it's always new animals and you know the different behaviors and it's it's just a wonderful place
0: yeah absolutely and and
1: you, that you
0: sighting is unique to yourself so even when you film it and you take pictures it, it doesn't usually do it justice unless you're actually sitting there and witnessing it for yourself precisely yeah and so um when you are planning a trip uh, you're, let's say, you're planning a seven-day trip, and what's what's the first thing, or what's the first camp that you book, or uh, where's your sort of, uh, where do you turn to as your favourite sort of places to go?
1: Yeah, for me, uh, Satara. Eh? Now, uh, it's Satara <laughs> wins that uh, that competition by a mile for me. Uh, so, whenever I'm looking for availability, the first camp that I go to would be, you know, if there's availability, for at least, call it seventy-five percent of the my trip would would be around Satara or the surroundings, and for me, it's just where I've had most of my memories and most of my great sightings. And it's also the position of the camp, John. You know, it's quite far away from the nearest entrance gate, and it's probably about 50 kilometers more away from, from the open gate. And that kind of does ease things up a bit because there's not much, you know, daytime traffic that's coming in. You can actually go up to three or four hours driving around Sitara and not seeing much cars, uh, depending on the type of you know route you take. And... Because it's you know the type of vegetation is savannah grassland, you find that it attracts a lot of the plains game, uh, which in turn attracts a lot of predators. So uh, they don't call it lion country for nothing. Um, there's a lot of different lion prides and, and a lot of interesting lion dynamics around Sitara. So that's what keeps me, you know, it, it keeps attracting me back to that specific camp. And, you know, you're going to a place uh, very often when you know all the staff members' names and they know goes the <laughs> back. So <laughs> it's uh, it's quite something, actually but uh, if i don't get anything in satara i try to keep my um, you know options available in that in that area so the other camp would be tamboti and i know some of the, your guests uh, previous guests have mentioned that they also enjoy going there and i mean i enjoy going there for the same reason it's the remoteness of the camp is great it's it's tucked in along the tambavati river you get the sense of being truly in the bush uh, you know it's a small camp with no re- restaurant no reception you you truly find the tranquility there and um you know, while you're having a barbecue or a bra, you you're hearing the lions roaring. If you're lucky you get the leopard sawing as well. You can hear the hyenas whooping. Those are just some of the many reasons to, to visit this camp and also why why it's one of my favorites. But also the road between, you know, Temboti or Open and Satara is has provided, you know, some magical sightings for me. If if I don't see at least you know one of the big cats or a wild dog or something there on that road then it's been a really really bad day so it's it's it has it's you know a wide wide variety of different sightings and then recently as as last year june uh, i i went to the Sweeney trails camp and uh you know i was always intrigued by that by that trail camp and and wondering what they would see there because if you see on the map if you actually have a look at the map and you see the position of that Sweeney trail camp it's in quite an interesting position where you know you always wonder what do people see there and you know what kind of sightings they have. so i was lucky to go there uh, last year june and it's a beautiful camp uh, it's eight it has eight units uh there's no electricity it has a big boma and you know fireplace overlooking a waterfall which attracts uh, no, sorry not a waterfall but a waterhole rather which attracts uh, <laughs> plentiful game and loaf and the low fences there are not meant to keep animals out but uh, rather keep their humans in so it's quite a, you know, a wild type of a camp, if you want to call it that. So while we were having a braai uh, during our first night, we could hear lots of different calls, um, one of which was a few lions roaring in the distance. And uh, as the night went on, the roars became louder and louder. So I was getting obviously very excited. Uh, my, the guide that we went with mentioned that, you know, these lions um, frequently come and drink at the water. So I was getting excited and, and, and time was ticking and the lion's roars, you know, stopped for a while and I thought, okay, you know, they might be probably on a kill or you know they've probably just uh, stopped in their tracks and they're probably just resting there so at 10 30 at night I decided let me turn in and 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 I'll probably you know look forward to tracking these guys in the morning so I went to bed and then roughly after 1 a.m I was awoken by this loud roars. I, I can't even explain how loud they were but I actually fell off my bed <laughs> and in that motion of falling off my bed I grabbed the torch running out of that. I even tripped over a fallen trunk there, cutting my leg in the process. And I started shining towards the waterhole. And what I saw were these three massive male lions drinking at the waterhole. I mean, these guys weren't even 100 meters away and they were drinking there. And I was shining my torch and they kind of looked up at me, went about drinking. And I sat to them for about 15 minutes uh, in the cold and they kind of just walked off into, into, the, into the bushes. But uh, yes, I can tell you, in that cold, with that busted leg, it was completely worth it because, you know, seeing something like that that is, is truly special. And, and, and viewing them from that kind of uh, situation as well is just, is just something that I'm so blessed to have, to have witnessed.
0: Yeah, wow. Well, and and uh, with the uh, shortened fences, it must have been a very hair-raising type of an experience.
1: It was, it was definitely, you know, these moments where I was thinking to myself, you know, is this a good idea? Is this a bad idea? These guys are not too far away, you know, for them to make up that 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 distance is, is a walk in the park for them. So, but I mean, they didn't seem to bother with me. So it, it all in the end, it, it ended off well, actually. <laughs> Fair enough. And uh,
0: so you, you've you named uh, Satara as one of your favourite camps. And uh, I think that's been featured a couple of times. Um, are you one of these people that are, early bird and straight up and cat uh, straight at the gate first, first thing and uh, want to be the first car out
1: or do you let a few people go and then uh, go a little bit later? Yeah, so for me, uh, John, you know, because I don't really get to go there that often or, or when I'm there, I'm, I'm there. So for me, I live by these four principles. It's, you know, the early bird catches the worm. Um, you know, patience, you need to be very patient there. And then being alert and aware is also something that I'm, I'm very keen about. But then also the other piece is is going with your gut. You know, the gut feel is never wrong. So those are my four things. So definitely, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm 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 the guy that tries to be the first at the gate. Um, I I do feel disappointed when I'm not first. <laughs> um, although although you know being in that situation before has really, uh, you know, sparked some really great friendships with with some of the people that, you know, I've met there who was ahead of me or even just behind me. You know, there's some really wonderful people that go to the park. And, and I've met a lot of people uh, like Graham, Mitchley, Erasmus, uh just to name a few, at the gates while waiting at them. So, yes, yeah, so I like to be at the gate first, uh, John. Um, for me, it gives the, the versatility of, you know, choosing the routes that, you know, I, I desire to want to go to. And sometimes I've seen so many quick sightings that only the, the first person or the person that's, you know, out in the front would, would normally get. It could be a leopard crossing the road or it could be a male lion that's laying on the road, but, you know, sees cars coming and kind of walks into the bush. So even though it's just that maybe 10, 15 second type of a sighting, waking up an hour early or whatever it is uh, to get to the gate first to go out is, is always worth it even if I don't see anything. At least I know I tried.
0: <laughs> well, it sounds like uh, you'd be competing against a few of the previous guests because uh, that seems to be a common thing <laughs> with a lot of people.
1: Yeah, it does, yeah.
0: <laughs> um, okay, so you're first at the gate at Satara. Um, lovely morning. Uh, weather's great. Uh, perfect for having some great sightings. How do you plan your day? Uh, how do you pick which roads to take and or do you have a set route or how do you sort of pick your day?
1: So for me... Over the years, I've, I've tried different routes around Sitara, you know, taking the S100, um, going on the H7 towards open. But the most productive route for me is the Tar Road all the way down to Shukwane. <clears throat> I think if I think about it, majority of all my sightings have come on that, on that road. And the beauty part about that is you can drive all the way down to Shukwane and, and not see any oncoming cars. So if you're the first out of the gate and you're driving, you're not going to see any cars until you get to Shukwaneh. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, it's possible that animals probably know this. I'm not too sure, but they're a bit more relaxed um, on this road, uh, especially if you if you're coming down and you're the only car, and um, you know there's lions in the road. They, they they seem quite relaxed and they won't move. I mean, I've I've had a good sighting of a leopard sitting on a signpost, um, on, on the uh signpost actually. So uh, she just sat there for a good five to ten minutes, and then she. Walked on the road and and went in the bushes, which lasted around probably twenty five minutes. So um, you know it's it's it, that road never ceases to to produce for. Me. I've mm-hmm. I've had the super seven on that road, uh, many cheetah, lion, wild dogs. For me, it's it's probably my best road in the in the box. So for me, out the gate at Satara, turn right down south all the way to Shokwane, and depending on that goes, you know, I could take the dirt road uh, called the Minuini Road, the S thirty four. And get onto the S thirty six and make my way back up to camp, but because there's so much of different side routes and routes along the tar road, uh, you know your choices are quite endless. I quite enjoy doing the the S thirty seven, almost the you know the the easterly side road to get to to Tar or the Unetzi picnic spot. It's mm-hmm. uh, there's seldom that people actually go on that route because it's quite a long dirt road, and you know if you see a sighting there, you're going to be with that 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 sighting by yourself for a long time. So. That's also some of the options that I normally take, but it all depends on weather and, and depends on how the day is going and your sightings.
0: And so are you, are you one of these people that maximizes your time on the road and you're uh, out from open to close or do you head back and have a bit of a rest and then head out for an afternoon drive?
1: So for me, you know, if the weather is favorable and it's and it's actually weather doesn't really play too much of a part because, you know, in the rain, I've had good sightings. In the blazing sun, midday, I've had good sightings. So I, I tend to drive throughout the day uh, you know I, because I'm there I want to go and see as much as possible and if I have a good sighting I want to spend some time with that sighting um, it's, it's it's always good to even if it's lions is laying down I've had some good experiences where that that sighting really becomes active and you know there could be another predator that kind of strays into that sighting I've had a few different uh, interactions with um, you know leopards and lions and uh, it you know it's all about patience you never know what's going to happen and sometimes nothing happens but at least you know you you know you sat there and you kind of gave it a shot. So it's very seldom that I go back to the camp. Uh, it'll just normally be for you know a comfort break yes. and just to maybe you know refresh, get some refreshments. But uh, I tend to drive at least eighty percent of the day uh, you know out and about.
0: Wow. And so uh, you you briefly mentioned your uh, four sort of principles. Um, Maybe if you could uh, share some stories that uh, sort of highlight some of those principles
1: for us. Sure. Uh, So maybe I'll start with early bird catches the worm. Um, It's quite an interesting story this year. And it it took place last year, June. Uh, I left Middleburg, so I stayed at my own. I did at my folks' place. And we left quite early in the morning. And we got to the gate, uh, Crocodile Bridge gate, just before 5. I think it was about 4.45 or so. And as I was getting to the Crocodile Bridge Gate, um, just before I turned my headlights off, I seen what seemed to be a silhouette of a lion uh, on the other side of the gate. And I said, "No, I man, this can't can't be right. There. Am I seeing things? You know, it could have been the drive. I could have just been tired." And I switched off the car, and switched off my lights, and got my torch, and I kind of walked to the gate, and I shined. And I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Um, there was these four lions that had just killed a kudu, a could've bull. and uh, I was standing there, and I actually froze. I didn't even even say anything to my wife at first, and I was like, "There's lions! There's lions that are kill you! Yeah, there's I can't believe it!" <laughs> and she got out of the car, and the two of us together with the the gate guard sat there with our you know with the torch and with the cameras for at least like thirty minutes alone and just enjoying these the, you know these lions feeding on uh, on the scooter. And yes, they did you know look at us a few times and all that, but they seemed quite comfortable. And the guard actually mentioned to us that if you were here. 15 minutes uh, earlier, you would have actually seen it happening. He said he, he was sitting in his in his guard post uh, napping, and you know he heard this footsteps coming towards uh, the gate. And um, next minute, he he sees these lions on top of the kudu, literally 50 meters away from him, and uh, they actually caught the kudu right at the gate and then dragged it down towards uh, where they had, you know, where we had seen them. And uh, it's amazing because then people started coming and you know, there was this massive uh, crowd of people actually at the gate and all sitting there in silence, just looking at the lions uh, uh, feeding on the scudo. I mean, you, you can't actually ask for a better start to a trip than that. Uh, hmm. Definitely. You know, a kill, not even before you entered, you know. Uh, so, you already tick off one of the big five before actually, you know, driving into the park. So, that was that was something else. And I guess... You know, early bird catches the worm. That that kind of talks for itself. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And I, I suppose uh, not only uh, seeing a sighting of uh, lines before you have entered the gate, but on a kill. So, yeah, um, yeah, that's magnificent sighting. Yeah, definitely, probably one of the best I've I've had in the park. Yeah. And so that leaves us with uh, three principles to go.
1: Sure. Yeah. So the other one is patience. Um, and uh, like I mentioned earlier, I I tend to you know drive the entire day, and even if it means me sitting with a flat cat there's always something that can present itself so i always recall one story it's uh i was in satara and it was around 10 o'clock and getting some refreshments and it was quite hot and i went to the sightings board and i, I met this couple and they said you know they were overjoyed they said they had seen the white lion on on the s100 and uh it, it was actually first thing in the morning they went on the s100 and they seen him uh, and the rest of the pride and i was like wow that's amazing because i haven't seen the white lion at you know uh, at that point and uh I I thought to myself, okay, this is great. You know, I told my wife, let's just take a drive there. If we see him, it'll be great. If we don't, we might just come across something else. And I drove up to the point where they explained where they had seen the lions, and there was nothing. It was completely dead. There was any signs of of anything there. And I said to myself, I'm not going to give this up. (laughs) I'm going to drive and I'm going to try and find these guys. And I drove all the way to the end of the S100 and I drove slowly back towards camp, slowly. And for that four kilometers, it probably, you know, took me call it even 45 minutes. I, I literally crawled. And I caught a glimpse of a flick, a you know, tail flicking in the bushes. It was quite dense. And I said, okay, could that have been a bird or what? Let me just check with my binoculars. And when I looked, it was uh, a lion actually laying in the bushes. And I was like excited because I'm thinking, okay, if the lions are here, you know, if it cools off, we can wait with them. It doesn't matter. We'll wait until no matter what time, and we'll, we'll try and you know, get them when they're active. And uh, we waited for two and a half hours and, you know, nothing really was happening. People would come, stop, and, and we would tell them, we're looking at lions, that's laying flat. And they would be like, uh, I can't see anything. And they would drive back. And I wasn't really worried because I was convinced. And it was after three and a half hours that um, a lioness got up. Uh, it was obviously getting hot now. It was past uh, midday. And she got up and she started walking towards the Noneti River. And, uh, you know, she was followed by another lioness and one or two cubs. And then we counted in total about nine lions that had walked and crossed the road in front of us, but I didn't see the white lion. So I was thinking to myself, oh, you know, maybe it could, it could be other lions or I, I don't know. So we followed, followed those nine lions and we were driving. And, you know, about five minutes later, as I looked to the my review mirror, I seen the white lion. He was completely lost, walking onto the road. And I was in complete amazement because... You know, out of nothing, we got this amazing sighting. And we spent a good, uh, you know, good 30 minutes or or so with with this entire pride as they walked down into the river, they drank some water and there was nobody else there. So um, it just goes to show that, you know, if you're patient at some sightings, uh, things can really turn around and you can actually see some wonderful
0: things. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, to be honest with you, it's one of the common themes with a lot of the guests in that The patience has paid off. Um, They've just waited it out until the sighting that has turned into something that's uh, quite magnificent and uh, amazing. And to see the white lines, obviously very thrilling. Uh, A lot of people uh, Mm -hmm. go there for uh, or go very frequently and are unable to see it. So you're very very lucky.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, thanks, definitely. I mean, another one for patients, get um, a quick story on this one, is on the, on the S114 close to the uh, I recall, again, quite late in the morning, around 11 o'clock, we came across a spread of lions, and they seemed like quite young lions. And um, there were some impala there, and they tried their luck to hunt the impala, and obviously they didn't succeed, but they were a bit you know, amateur uh, hunters. They were laying there and we just sat with them and we thought, you know what, it's it's great to just kind of, you know, witness these guys and you know, kind of get a sense of what's gonna happen next. And then when I looked in my rearview mirror again, I think that's I should add that there's my fifth principle looking in your rearview mirror. But when I looked in my rearview mirror, I seen another guy uh, flashing me. And that can only normally mean something, you know, something big. And, and as I was about to like U-turn to go and see what, what he was doing, or what he was, you know, alerting me for, I seen this massive male leopard that chased water hog across the road behind me, and it chased the water hog towards the lions. And the most amazing thing then transpired. The lions got up and then started chasing the water hog. And the leopard had seen the lions, but the lions hadn't seen the leopard. So the leopard completely crawled down, you know, like went down as low as possible. And the lions ran completely past him. (laughs) And I've got the most amazing photo of this lion, you know, actually lion trotting past the leopard. And the leopard then, you know, was in shock, just as I was in shock, it, it almost like looked at the lions when they had passed, and then looked at me and like in a confused look, and then walked into the bushes. But it was it was just another example where you know sitting there at a nothing sighting, you know, lions is laying. Next minute, a leopard comes, chase chases a warthog towards the lions. The lions get up, chase the warthog. They don't even see the leopard. Leopard stays down and they run past the leopard. They don't end up getting the the warthog, none of them. But you know, it's like two of the big cats in one sighting. So that another. Quite an interesting story that yeah, well, that's with, with regards to patients.
0: <laughs> well, that's quite extraordinary. Um, and uh, I think we've got two more principles left.
1: Yeah. So the other one is being alert. And uh, I'm one of the people that don't like driving with my windows up and and using the aircon as much as you know as hot as it gets. I uh, always keep my windows down because you want to start you want to hear what's happening in the bush. And it, the bush tells you a lot of different um, you know it gives you a lot of evidence if there's certain predators around and the warning calls and all of that. So. I mean, I've seen leopards probably three or four times with impala snorting. And, um, this was on a trip, um, you know, that I was going driving from Lower Sabi down to crocodile bridge and it was called it 11 o'clock. So it was quite hot. I was driving and uh, I heard this impala snorting, but I couldn't see where they were. So I stopped the car and kind of reversed and I looked towards the direction where they were, they were snorting. And, uh, out of the blue, a female leopard just walks onto the road right in front of me. So, you know, if, 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 my windows were up in that instance. I probably wouldn't have, of you know, gotten that sighting. It just goes to show that you know, if you if you if you kind of observe some of the telltale you know signs of of the bush, you're bound to see something. Another one is a, a giraffe. <laughs> as simple as just looking at a giraffe or a zebra staring at. it, um, I came across a giraffe just staring blankly. He um, didn't even move at anything. I'm thinking to myself, what's going on here? This seems very odd. I stopped and when I looked uh, at the direction he was staring at, I seen two big male lions under a tree that was you know, quite in the distance. But, but I mean, if I hadn't, hadn't seen the giraffe or hadn't stopped to observe what the giraffe was looking at, I wouldn't have seen the lions who later came onto the road. <laughs> so uh, it's 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 another principle of mine. It's just being alert and aware. Uh, some of these animals tell you where, you know, some of your favorite sightings or favorite, you know, taking that time to look at them. Yeah, and hear ab- them. absolutely.
0: And um, that brings us to the last one.
1: Yeah. So the last one is go with your gut. And uh, I know a lot of people have, have, have you know, been in the situation before where they are in down a road and there's, you know, you either take a dirt road to the right or dirt road to the left. And, you know, you almost think about oh what has been seen on this road before. I'll just go there because, you know, a lot of people seen something on this road. But your gut feeling might be saying, let's try something else. And uh, I recall in in December 2015, uh, we were staying in Skukuza with some friends. You know, we had just finished our braai and a few minutes later, there was a massive storm. And it was a lot of rain and it lasted into the early hours of the morning, the next morning. And I was worried that, you know, some of those roads would be closed and it would kind of mess up our morning drive. So we woke up early anyway and got to the gate first, you know, having our coffee Rusks, uh, contemplating which route we we're going to take. And I decided to take a chance and try to go to the H12 um, low water bridge towards Shukwane. But uh, as I approached, I had seen that the road had been closed, the amount had fallen. I was quite disappointed, but I said, ah, you know what, we're still in the park, let's uh, try our luck. And it started raining again. So I said, I thought I'd try and take the H12 high water bridge to get to Shukwane. And as I was passing the bridge, I noticed that the S30 Salichi road was, was still open. And I was thinking to myself, you know, my gut was just saying, why don't we try this road? <laughs> you know, let's, let's, try, let's try this road. Not a lot of people would want to use the dirt road because of the rain and all of that. And uh, the nice thing about rain on a dirt road is if you're going to see any spoor or, you know, footprints, they'll be very fresh. So we were driving in about maybe six kilometers in. I seen a lot of uh, hyena spore. And uh, we drove a bit slower. And in the distance, I see the, seen this hyena, like, dashing past from left to right. when I drove to that point, um, I kind of, you know, looked around to see where the hyena was. And I seen him under a tree. And when I looked up, there was this male leopard that was basically clawing onto an impala that he had just killed in one of these small little trees. And, John, the way I can explain it is the tree was so small that the leopard couldn't even hang the impala onto a proper branch. But he was literally hanging onto it. And it was quite comical as well because it was quite windy and the leopard was getting blown around with... (laughs) This impala that he was holding. And that's not even the, the most <laughs> amazing part about this, is that the hyena left the, the leopard and it, there was another few hyenas in the distance that were feeding on uh, another impala. So they had stolen the leopard's first kill, which was the impala, and the leopard then obviously used the rain as, and took advantage and killed another one. So um, the one that we were looking at right close to the road, not even 40 meters away from the road, was his second kill. And wow. he looked quite sparked because um, I don't know what happened, but he, he almost, you know, he got like a shock because there was no other cars there. It was just us. And he got like a bit of a shock and he jumped down the, the small tree or he like fell down the small tree and the Impala then fell down as well. And, and he ran away into the bushes, but we could still see him. And he was kind of looking at the hyenas. So uh, he was just observing the hyenas feeding on, on the other Impala, but he didn't come back to the, you know, to the, the Impala closest to us. And um, it started raining a bit and the wind started picking up. And the next minute I, I heard impala snorting and he went and dashed and, and killed an impala lamb. <laughs> and he took it up into a tree further on. And I was in complete awe in thinking to myself, you know, I wasn't even going to take this road and here yeah, a leopard has killed three impalas. Uh, it was actually insane. And um, it's those moments there, I could have went up to Shukwane and, and granted, I could have seen something else, uh, you know, amazing. but. I wouldn't have seen that if I didn't go with my gut. So I guess that's my my four principles that I try to deliver when I'm in the park. Yeah, yeah wow. And uh, obviously they've paid off for you with uh, some incredible sightings. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's one of my top three sightings that I've, I've had in the park, definitely. <laughs> yeah, wow. And uh,
0: one of the things we briefly mentioned uh, before we started uh, recording was uh, you've had some terrific lion sightings.
1: Yeah no, I've 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 been very lucky with lion sightings and it it is my favorite animal so uh you know the one that that is by far my most favorite one was you know I recall a cool morning in in March 2014 uh, my brother Ronesh and I were, were waiting anxiously as always for the star Camp gate to open and then, like I said there's always that slight hesitation of whether you should turn left uh, to go to Oliphants or right to go down to Chokwane and I must say but like I mentioned earlier turning right for me has yielded some of my best sightings to date so the gates opened and down south we went. And after not too long, we, we spotted lions walking on the road. Uh, there was about 11 of them and they looked like they were on a hunt. So we followed them for about 20 minutes uh, until the lead lioness uh, spotted something in the thickets on the western side. So the side where the riverbed is. And um, they all started peeling off into a formation and headed slowly out of sight. So uh, we lost visual and, and thought they'd gone into the riverbed where they probably you know, wouldn't come out again. So we decided to move on. Again, cut feeling was that, you know, nothing's going to transpire, and we decided to move on. And that would have proved to be the best choice we could have made. <clears throat> so a few kilometers down the road, just at the point where the tar road starts getting very close to the Ronti Sonso River, uh, we noticed something in the distance. And at my first thought, it looked like a pile of something on the right-hand side of the road. And as we approached closer, it was lions, but lots of lions, and they had a kill. So um, it was amazing because we were coming up and, and we seen them feeding. And when we got closer, we noticed it was the Maziti pride. And we counted about 27 lions that mm-hmm. killed a Daga boy on the road. <laughs> and there were lions of all ages, John. I mean, there were the two dominant Maziti pride males. There were lionesses, sabedals, cubs of all, all varying ages, just lions all over uh, the, the, the spot. And what was amazing was to hear the crunching and the growling, and, you know, the sounds when they were feeding. You could also get the scent of how fresh the kill was. You know, if I probably if we got there thirty minutes before, we probably would have seen them bringing it down. It, it, that 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 freshness of the kill actually reminded me of Biltong or jerky. It's quite funny, but it actually mm-hmm. had such a freshness to it. And um, what was also interesting was observing, you know, our patient. The dominant males were with um, with the subadults uh, because there was so much of tension. You know, they were. The uh, sub-adult males were having a lot of, you know, a lot of goes at the, the females and lionesses and some of the cubs in some means. And the dominant males were quite uh, tolerative, you know, tolerable of them. So we spent probably over three hours with these guys as they devoured the carcass. Better yet, in total, there were only three cars at that sighting for that time, which made that experience even more memorable. You know, you you had proper viewing and there was no obstruction the yeah. traffic started building up and then it decided to leave but and, and just digest what we had with us but by far one of the best sightings in terms of quality the sun was um you know shining directly on on the sighting we had some brilliant pictures the videos that we managed to get on that the, the sounds you know the cubs actually uh calling uh the the bloodied faces of some of the cubs feeding it's just everything in one little package there, and it was just just quite something. Wow, that's amazing, and uh, I believe that's not the only uh, special
0: lion sighting you've had.
1: Yeah, so actually seeing these lions again. Uh, so that was in uh, March twenty fourteen, and uh, in September twenty fourteen, I, I I went back to the park, and we stayed in in Satara, and again we were out the, the camp uh, first guy out, and we went down towards Shokwane. and we thought you know what we'll um, go and have some breakfast at Trokweyne. And the, the drive down was very good. Uh, you know, we had some good sightings of general game, elephants, uh, rhinos, and buffaloes. And then again, coming towards that same spot where I'd seen the, um, the maziti pride on the kill, I seen uh, two young male lions uh, on the road. And um, it was quite interesting because it was in September 2014. And um, they had recently just burnt the, the eastern section of that road. So there's not much expectation to see much animals, uh, you know, in burnt grass. But when I came across these two males, I was thinking, well, we're really lucky. So I stopped and I was looking at the two males. And when I looked to the left-hand side in the burnt bush, I seen three more young males. I was thinking, I was thinking to myself, wait, these could be the Maziti pride, you know, the guys that belong to Maziti pride. And I was getting quite excited because I was going to go and look for the rest of them. And I counted another, the six sub-adult, uh, the six, the young male, there were six of them all in the... You know, on the road and in the bush, and we were sitting with them for a while, and then we seen one of the big maziti males coming out of the bush. But he didn't look happy at all. He, you know, he was growling, his mouth was foaming. You know, he he didn't he didn't look happy at all. So we sat with him and we were wondering what's going on here now. And uh, he started, you know, intimidating and, and and charging at some of the the young you know, the young sub adults. And I was actually telling my wife, you know, what this this is actually the maziti male chasing out his sons, uh, you know, they've they've obviously come of age and they, they, um, you know, they were actually chasing them out of the pride. And I said, this is something that you're not going to see just anytime. You know, it's, it's quite a lucky sighting. And we were watching this uh, big male kind of, you know, growling and and mock charging the, the youngsters. And while I'm, I'm busy, you know, taking photos of, of this year and, and video, the second dominant male walks right past my, my window <laughs> and John, I could actually hear him breathing. That's how close (laughs) he was. And I didn't even know he was there. So that that was like took me by shock. And I was like, whoa. And I'm like, here's the second mail, the second mail's coming. And I was like jumping up and like, you know, getting excited. And yeah, it it lasted that growling and 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 that and that mock charging lasted for about an hour and a half. And then there was that final kind of you know, charge that sent these guys kind of running in a northerly direction. And I think that that was it then. But uh, what a sighting that was of seeing You know, these two dominant males, massive guys chasing these six youngsters or their sons uh, out of the pride. So um, also one for the books. Yeah, wow. And I believe that was uh, one of the earlier sightings for your wife. Yes, that's right. Actually, it was the first time I took her to the park. And, you know, there's always that pressure of, you know, is she going to like it just the way I do? Are we going to get sighting? But uh, yeah, I pulled that sighting out of the bag, and you know, coupled with a, a nice accommodation in elephants viewing the river and everything, she was completely sold. I'm glad to say that she loves going to the park just as much. Well. Yeah, wow, and uh, that's a,
0: a great couple of uh, lion sightings. I believe there's a couple of interesting leopard sightings that we mentioned earlier.
1: Yeah, I know. I've had some uh, some good leopard sightings, and um, you know the 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 one that. That actually comes to mind as well. One of leopards mating. And it's it's quite an interesting story. We were staying in Skokuza. And we were, again, at the gate, at the first Kayath Gate. And the gates opened and we drove towards Shokwane. And just before the low water Sen River Bridge, we seen this lioness, oh, sorry, this leopard. We seen this leopard that uh, was laying, you know, basically on the road. And um, she walked into the bushes. And when we followed where she walked, there was this massive male. I haven't seen a, a big male leopard like this yet, but he was almost double the size of that female. And um, she was walking around him and trying to, you know, court him to mate. And he wasn't having it at all. Uh, He's, you know, with, with, us being there, he wasn't interested in wanting to do anything. And, um, you know, he got so, so angry that he actually, you know, kind of also mock charged her and she went onto her back, you know, to submit basically. And, he was growling and he wasn't too happy. They walked into the bush a little bit further off the road and they were actually mating there and we, we got them mating there on uh, us being the only car again, as lucky as that can be. So that was a, a, another wonderful uh, leopard sighting I had. And the other one is at uh, when we entered through Malalangate. For us, we've, we've always had good luck with leopards just after we entered Malalangate. Uh, one of the interesting stories was that uh, with Malalangate, it's not like the new newer operating gates where you know, it's almost like a drive-through. You have to go into the reception. <clears throat> and uh, my brother and I were at the reception and, we, uh, you know, filling out the forms and everything. And if everybody knows, you know, Gate, you can actually see oh, the reception, you can see almost the, the place where there's a tree in the middle of the road. So um, looking at that tree in the middle of the road, I seen a leopard crossing <laughs> at that exact point there. So again, while we in the reception, not even in the park, a leopard crosses in front. Then we were like stampering around, getting the forms all filled out and everything, getting into our car to go look for this leopard. But uh, I think he yeah, had then on guard me. And then at, at that same point, um, you know, maybe just 400 meters, you know, further on towards the the turnoff to get uh, Bergendal, we seen a, a nice leopard with with two cubs as well. So she was so relaxed. The cubs were playing just on and off the road. Uh, which is another great sighting for us as well you know first thing you get first thing you 're seeing when you get into the park is uh, Leopard with cubs yeah it's wow that 's amazing, amazing. Mm-hmm.
0: and uh we we 're drawing to a bit of a close now, so is there one final story that you would like to leave us with
1: yeah it's it 's actually you know i 've got so much to, you know so much stories, but uh, the one that i think i 'll share is is quite an interesting one um, we, again, we were staying in Satara and we were driving out and we thought we will instead of going on the Tara, all the way down to Shukwane, let's try and take the Tara that takes us to the Nunetsi uh, Picnic Box, so the, the H6. And um, it was summer and, you know, we left at half past four in the morning. Gates open up earlier in summer. And we were driving and it was quite misty and uh, slightly overcast. I seen something in the distance. It looked at first like an African wildcat. And as I came closer, it, I noticed it was a caracal. And I was completely blown away because it was the first time I've ever seen one. And, you know, caracals being caracals, they're very, um, very you know, shy and secretive type of animal. So the uh, caracal bolted into the bushes. And because it was summer, the, the grass was quite high. But I was completely blown away. You know, I seen a caracal and I could tick that off my list. And I decided to take a turn left onto the S41 towards the S100. And not even about four kilometers, another caracal on the road. <laughs> I couldn't oh, believe wow. my luck two caracal in a matter of like 30 minutes um, again too quick for a picture but uh, you know two caracals in one morning was uh, a great uh, great start to it
0: well that's amazing
1: and and
0: uh, yeah very rare sighting just one no, never mind two yeah definitely and uh, one thing that uh, we'll have a quick chat about is uh, you're working on a little bit of a project
1: Yes, I am actually. Um, it's it's something that I've been wanting to do for a long time, and uh, yeah, I, I guess the, the listeners must just uh, look out on my uh, social media and for something that's going to be dropping, uh, you know, quite exciting in the in the coming months. So yeah, I'm working on something, and and it'll be revealed soon. Oh,
0: sounds very interesting. I uh, look forward to hearing yeah. about it. And uh, for everyone that's listening, um, I will put a link to all the um, social media um by in the bios um but you do want to uh, follow duresh um it's duresh underscore pabu which is D-I-R-E-S-S-H underscore paparbh will repeat that sorry d-i-r-e-s-s-h underscore pabu parbh for instagram the pabu brothers Wildlife videos for youtube and facebook.com slash Duresh, D-I-R-E-S-S-H, for Facebook, but the links will be in the bio. Um, On that note, I'll say thank you very much for spending the time to have a chat with us, Duresh. Um, I really did enjoy hearing some of your stories.
1: Thanks so much, John, for having me. It was a pleasure actually sharing that. Uh, No problems at all. And uh,
0: like I said to everyone, um, stay tuned and uh, Duresh will uh, be announcing something very soon. So we look forward to hearing about it.
1: Thanks, John. for listening to the safari stories podcast we hope you enjoyed today's stories if you liked our show and want to see the pictures and videos from today's stories please visit our website at safaristories.com as well as safari stories facebook page and instagram it would mean the world to us if you could take the time to leave a rating review or comment join us again next time to hear more safari stories